Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. So I'm here today with Matt Coatley. Um, he is a C-level technology executive, um, award-winning author, uh, podcaster, and TED Note TED TED Note TED Stroke keynote speaker. So we'll get onto that in a little bit. I want to find out more about that one. But you are the author of The Human Cloud, which uh, is over his uh, left shoulder yeah. for those of you yes, yes. watching. Um, and so you know, you're all around technology. You're all about AI. Um, tell me a little bit about like um, how you see the AI impacting sales and the sales landscape in you know going forwards. Yeah, yeah, and and it's a lot like what I've seen tech do and, and AI specifically do in other industries as well. Um, there's a risk of a race to the bottom where sort of AI and chatbots and those kind of things replace the human connection. I am not about that. I don't think that's an effective sales strategy anyway as a like, now cio oh, oh as a, yes oh my gosh as a as a cio now that is getting inbound like many dozens of times a day it just doesn't work folks so uh yes um but i do think i've always talked about tech and ai as being uh, a decision enabler decision support tool so for those that are in sales and in marketing and i've seen this uh, play out over the last couple of decades it provides more of that background intel for you. It, it sort of short circuits all the legwork that you used to have to do manually or that your sales enablement teams would do manually. And you can get much more quickly to the point of who's your target audience, um, how you should be speaking with them, what are the right channels, sort of. It's, it's all about that understanding what can be most effective for you and sort of maximizing your outcome. Um, but so then you're talking, you're yeah, talking yeah. research with that. You're talking sort of pre-call research, pre-reaching out research. Part of it is research. And increasingly what I'm seeing is content generation as well. So the AI tech mm -hmm. is getting good enough, pretty, pretty solid where you can start building some first draft copy of uh, things like thought leadership pieces or, or reactions to certain articles mm -hmm. and things like that. Yeah. That, I mean, if you think about how much effort that kind of work takes yeah. to be able to have something to help you with that. It's wonderful. It's like having a, a army of freelancers at your disposal. Yeah. And I guess the thing is, is it, you know, thinking about it realistically, it's not replacing it's, it's the first, as you say, it's the first draft. So it's that first rough copy that you would then, you know, put your own stamp on, put your own phrasing on, make it your own, but it's got kind of framework to kind of start with. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, if, and if you believe in sort of consultative selling, right, where you're where you're engaging with the content and with the topic, then there's a uh, there's a product out there that isn't really AI, it's more of an aggregator, but something like a Hootsuite, uh, which looks at a particular topic and then aggregates a bunch of content that you can share. It's things like that, but it, it's getting increasingly sophisticated in the last couple of years. Okay. And do you think that's adding to the noise you think it'll cut through because the thing is everyone seems to be so much information out there and it's so bombarding it's like how do we is it gonna you know how is it gonna stand out yeah well and i find myself adding to that noise lately so i, I feel that pain <laughs> um yeah i i do i mean I, I what i have found is there is a lot of noise out there it gets worse by the day uh but 
the the pieces like the work that I have done that has resonated the most and consequently had the most clicks are those things that are more personal. So it's it's more of my take on something or my thought on something or engaging with other person and and, and engaging in a conversation like those kinds of of posts and things like that are much much more successful than just a generic here's some information about x um but i do i mean i i do think that there is and i don't have a good solution for this but there is so much noise out there that i i feel for those in sales and i i support and work with them regularly um because it is harder to get your message out there like there's just so much that we buyers as an executive just ignore 99 percent of it yeah yeah yeah, and so and so that those pieces that have worked for you, have you you've used AI as the sort of starting point for those, and then and then I have in certain I have in certain instances, yes. So I've I've played around a bit with the content creation. I haven't, I don't think that it's quite there enough for me. And I like to write anyway, so I don't necessarily want to automate that piece. Uh, but I do automate uh, a fair amount of the discovery. So I have a number of feeds and. Uh, bots for lack of a better term and it sounds more sophisticated than it is these are really just sort of the old news you know you register for a news feed email kind of thing and then you so, so part, like, it, it's you, like that but it's just next level when, with yeah. google you can you can register certain yeah. keywords and it, and it sends right. them to you we're, we're talking that sort of level aren't we yeah yeah and then and then the technology these days because again there's so much noise out there if you if you just create an alert you could have hundreds of articles you have to sort of parse through uh, rather than having a software that basically aggregates that for you, figures out what's most resonating and what you like the most. So that's that's where I'm seeing is sort of that Netflix or Amazon kind of recommendation engine starting to make its way into content curation. So it's pretty cool stuff. And, and so that's very, like, you know, it's very accessible, isn't it, for anybody, whether you're a small organization, whether you're a you know, uh, a large multinational organization. It, it, it's, it, you know, those sorts of things, those starting points are actually quite cost effective. They are, and, and increasingly so. That's probably been, I mean, that is the biggest trend and transformation I've seen over my career. Cause I started, <laughs> I'm a, a little bit older. So I've started about 20 years ago and uh, we did a lot of the same kind of technology back then, but it was incredibly expensive. So only the largest companies could mm -hmm. afford to do that. And, and now, you know, uh, and, and a lot of your users are probably, or a lot of your, your audience are using software like a Salesforce or a HubSpot or something like that, like a CRM. That's building mm -hmm. AI right into, so you're, you're finding these tools that you are already using or ones that you can pick up off the shelf mm -hmm. for, you know, a couple hundred dollars. You can, you, you can use AI. So it's becoming much more accessible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, so a sort of like little top tips and like, you know, um, entry level stuff. What would you say, hey, guys, check out? What would be your kind of putting you totally yeah. on the spot? But what would yeah, you sure. say, check, you know, <laughs> well, check, check these out? Because, you know, the, yeah. the guys which normally tune into this, we do have sales, like sales force people who yeah. are professional salespeople, but a lot of them are the business owners who um, sell as part of their role and right. sometimes not overly enthusiastically. Um, and so, you know, they are potentially one person or a very small team. And so, you know, that resource on, on you know, human resource is yeah. quite tight. So, you know, what could help them out? What could help out those smaller businesses? Sure, sure, yeah. Uh, so if you already own 
a tool like a CRM, like a HubSpot, check out and see what they're doing. Um, you know, Google it and find out what, what are they doing in AI? Do they have a chatbot? Those kind of things, because that's a good place to start just to see what you've already invested in. <clears throat> but also uh, the the challenge with naming some of these tools is that it's still a very frothy space and there's a lot of churn. So there are some companies we even recommended in our book like two years ago that I've gone under now. <laughs> so yeah. um, so I'll give you... I, I'll give you where he's me with it. That's, what, that's my yeah. concern is that you can get very, you know, you get institutionalized with the way it works. Yes. And then and then it goes... I was a and big fan. Around. I was a big fan of Wonderlist. Okay. Yes. And, and then Microsoft took it over and they ruined it. Um, and so that Same was it here. for me. Yeah, see? <laughs> I was like, oh, no, he's going to think that's a really lame one. List. But I was a big fan of it. I loved it. And then the functionality changed and they, they made it very, I don't know, yeah. they made it very microsoft Corporate-y, Microsoft-y, um, yeah. Yeah, and it's such a shame because then you're searching for that same thing again, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. So I will say there's, there's classes, um, there's classes of, capability that are probably you can you can start just by searching for those and then seeing what's top of, of market right now um one of those is is the research aggregators i mentioned hootsuite i believe they're still around but there are others like that that basically what they do is yeah. they call social media feeds and give you recommended posts so that's a, that's a good one um calendar automation we're all using calendly these days and things like that yeah. um so there's there are increasingly those products that will do more of a, of a sort of a back and forth, um, sort of a communication and outreach, it'll send an email and ask the person for their times and it'll leverage automation that way, which is a little bit more of a personable touch. Um, yeah, because I, I yeah. use Calendly and you can automate yes. your, you can send out texts and stuff and text reminders and things like that. Yes. Is Calendly the one that you would suggest for that or is there, is there These a, days, a yes. best one? I loved one. I loved one called X.AI that would actually have like an agent, like an email bot that would correspond. And, and it seemed very human, like an assistant was helping you schedule a meeting. Uh, and then they got bought and sunsetted the product. So, boo, boo. <laughs> so we'll stick with Calendly. So stick with Calendly right now. Uh, doodles coming along well also. Um, but yeah, and then, and then there's uh, on the content production front, that is still very much R&D, uh, but it is... You'll start seeing it, so keep, we'll keep an eye on it. I think within the next year or two, you'll see it become more commonplace. It's already being used for uh, an editorial for newspapers and things like that. Um, mm. So there are articles in the Wall Street seen, Journal, I, New York I've Times. It, yeah, I've seen it come up as well on Facebook feeds as this ad's been created by AI. Um, yeah. And so they've started with like ad, cre ad copy and ad creation and stuff. Yes, so, yes. Which is, it's pretty yeah. crazy. <laughs> so it's coming. Yeah. 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 And also, I think they always said, didn't they, that, you know, like the creative side of stuff would be so much harder to to um, to simulate mm -hmm. in a in a computer based thing. And it was all the, you know, accountancy kind of stuff that you've got to watch your jobs for because, right. you know, that that's the, the easier yeah. to automate. But actually, they're getting really quite smart, aren't they? They are. Yes. So and I'm in uh, I'm in the legal profession, legal industry right now uh, as, a, as a technology executive. And there is a lot of uh, automation that's going on and things like contract review and contract drafting mm -hmm. and uh, litigation discovery and all sorts of, yeah, yeah. So it's some, and those are some pretty advanced yeah. expertise, but it is at the end of the day, it's all synthesizing information and coming to a conclusion on something. And computers are actually really, really good at that and they don't have to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> 
no. so they can they can just but keep they, churning away. They can get sick, but in a kind of different. They can way, get sick. They? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So it is. You I, don't need yeah. Two meters apart. So you know that's quite handy too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There is. There's done. a. Yeah, there's a lot of tools around. Um, you know, and that's the funny thing. Again, we don't think of it as AI anymore, machine learning. But even in, uh, so I use Gmail for my personal and professional mm -hmm. accounts. It'll that autocomplete where it'll just sort of finish your sentence for you, and you hit tab and keep, which is a huge time saver. That's all machine learning. Um, yeah. Translation is another good one. So if you're selling internationally and translation is an important aspect for you, uh, that technology has. Uh, leaps and bounds. You know, five years ago, I wouldn't have used it. Now it's it's rock solid. Yeah. 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 Because I mean, that was what I remember back in the day. You translate all sorts of weird and wonderful <laughs> that's terrible. stuff, and you'd be like, "No, that's terrible." <laughs> Just but, not right. You know, even uh, you know, with, with, with French, you you've got the the, the you know the, they change round what element they say first. Yes. So, and so it's like blue dress rather than dress blue or whatever. Um, and so it was things like that, that it just didn't pick up on. And I was like, that's surely really simple because that's a, that's a rule of the language. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you, you don't have that nowadays. It's, it's a lot. Yeah. It's very yeah. impressive, isn't it? It is. It is. Very yeah. Yeah. To give you a sense of how, how good it was, there's an article on AI. It was about the uh, Chinese establishing, Chinese government establishing a set of rules to guide ethical AI development. But the article, you know, you read the whole article and it was expertly written. And then you come to find out it was actually translated from Spanish to English uh, by AI. And I, I would not have been able to tell the difference. It was brilliant. So oh, really? crazy stuff. Yes. That is, that is impressive, isn't it? Yeah. That is. Oh. So how do you think um, we sort of. We touched on before we, we started recording on the fact that you um, sit in with salespeople and they kind of bring you in, they roll you out as the kind of tech guy in a sales conversation. Um, so, you know, how how do you find that? What are your observations coming from it? Because you're kind of observing the sales scenario, but you're kind of also part of it. Part of it, yeah. Um, yeah, and, I mean. You know, what's your kind of take on, on sales and, and how yeah. sales has evolved? Yeah, um, I have I've worked with sales most of my career at this. Actually, all I, all of my career. I've been in software sales, uh, software development for a good portion of my career. Also, IT services. So there's a sales component to that. Uh, the things that I always found, and this will be no surprise to your listeners, the things I found that were most effective were often the consultative selling. So it wasn't the you know a handshake and a Starbucks was what we used to joke. <laughs> <laughs> show up hand, handshake Starbucks, renew your multi-million dollar, multi-year contract and everything's good. Um, no, it, with technology in particular, it has become so sophisticated and the buyers have become much more sophisticated that um, even if you're not a domain expert, uh, even if you're not you know, steeped in technology, to be able to talk in that language and have a meaningful conversation about what the pain points are and how tech in general can solve it whether it's a solution you're selling or not. I mean, it's it's good old fashioned consulting. That always mm -hmm. seems to resonate better with the buyer. And that is whether the buyer is a CFO, CIO, um, CEO, whatever. And and so I would say that's that's the one thing that's changed quite a bit from when uh, when I started was just the sophistication of those that are engaged in 
conversations around sales. That was just so much more. And, and so you have to be able to rise to that occasion um, because if you're yeah. just reading off a PowerPoint or doing a, a non-interactive demo, you'll lose the audience. Yeah. Yeah. No, that totally, yeah, that totally makes sense. So yeah, so, you know, it's got more, do you think that's because, because when we talk around it, when I talk around it with sales training and how things have evolved, I talk around the fact that people have, um, they've, they, they've, the information is so much more readily available that rather than you being the holder of the information, they can, they come to you to almost help you translate, help them translate it into something which actually, what does that mean to me? So, you know, for instance, with cars and things like that, you can find out how much something should be worth roughly because you've got all these checkers online and you've got all the information there. You can download brochures and everything else. And it's, but it's actually, what does that mean to me? I mean, like I go, you know, looking at TVs and there's all these numbers that I'm like, well, that sounds great, but I have absolutely no understanding of how that translates into the viewing of it. Um, and, and, you know, the same with sort of vehicles and stuff. Um, I feel like it's got a little bit more simple, particularly with electric cars and stuff. Right. Um, they're not talking in, you know, horsepowers and, and, and quite the same anymore. Um, but, you know, have, have you found that? Do you think that's where the changes come from? Is so much more information available to the buyer? And so really the salesperson's had to up their game? Or what do you think's happened? Yeah, I, I do. I think I think a lot of it is, uh, especially with more traditional services, is that it's, it's a known quantity now. Um, so if you take, you know, any kind of technology that's that's been around for a while, storage or computer or whatever, even cloud, which is, you know, not so new anymore. Um, yeah, we, we all sort of know what it's about. We know what the options are available. Um, we we have a- access to all of that information. And, and generally, I think as the as the workforce has aged, and this is compliments at least in the U.S. of the whole baby boomer generation, um, I am the I'm not a young I'm not a spring chicken as they say, but I am the youngest in my peer group typically by about ten to fifteen years. Um, so, lots of experience, and I think you're, people have just been around the block. They've seen they've seen everything, and and so yes, I, I do think that there is a fair amount of that sort of uh, lessening of the information disparity, and. What uh, what I have found is what's what still I will say what still is the case is there is opaqueness around pricing and enterprise software, which is the space I live in. So we have a general idea about what other organizations might pay for something, but we know that there probably there's a, there's a gap there. Uh, and yeah. then also we're eager for understanding what peers are doing. So that's where I think salespeople can really help connect. So it's almost a bit more market researchy, isn't it? It's uh, it's helping you to understand what's going on on the sort of ground level, user level. It is. It is. And and I will say the sales folks that I interact with that I think do that well do it in a very much a. It's back to your point about selling without sleaze, right? It's it's a comfortable conversational kind of way. It's not an obvious dangling of a sales carrot. But but I have worked with salespeople. They're like, well, let me tell you. Let me tell you what your competitor's doing. And, you know, it's in this like hushed tone and it's like, oh, this is all sensitive information. I'm like, I know you're telling everybody the same information. You don't have to pretend. <laughs> so it's that is one of the things, too, I would say is a lot of um, a lot of executives these days, I think, have worked with sales groups in their past. So they know a lot of the tricks. The tricks don't work. Yeah. So be be authentic, be natural, have the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the thing is, is, is people are getting smarter, you know, the false scarcity and things like that. And actually, one of my sort of little prompts to sort of ask you is around, you know, where, where does the I'm always very much like sleaze is a bit of a chilly scale. 
And so it's like, you know, what what do you perceive? What's your definition of sleazy? What have you seen people do that you've thought, you know what, that was that was really painful. So you've just given an example there of somebody being like, oh, do you know what your competitors are doing in kind of hushed tones? Like, where does kind of sleazy fit for you? Yeah, um, I'll give you a couple of fun examples because I, I've seen it firsthand in my new role. I've been in a new role for about six months and all of a sudden like the floodgates opened and I've just gotten inbound is like, it's literally 50 or 60 a day. Um, the things that are, yeah, so some of the things, um, when you show up to the first conversation with someone and they're like, hey, I just bought your book. And it's like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, I appreciate that, but obviously a ploy in. Like, it wasn't a natural transition to that. You haven't read it. You have no idea what it's about. Um, that's a good one. I bought it. Yeah, I bought it. Um, sending, sending, tchotchke uh, sending tchotchkes or food and, and beverage and all that kind of stuff again out of it's out of context right sarah like it's it's yeah. if we've established a relationship and then it's like hey i know i happen to like bourbon uh i'm near kentucky in the u.s so you gotta like bourbon um yeah after like six months of <laughs> engaging and having the conversation and someone's like yeah I, I i found this really nice small batch it's really great you, you probably haven't heard of it here have a bottle you know like that's that's yeah. a little more authentic yeah yeah yeah. Whereas here you go, here's some sweets that I don't even know that you like, but you're supposed to be right. grateful for them. Yeah. Yes. Oh, and here's some that, knockoff yeah. champagne that costs five dollars. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we value you. <laughs> we value you. Yes. Yeah. So I, I mean, I get it. I get it. But but again, I think it's if it's personable, if it's personal and it's meaningful and it is in context, great. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing too is. Um, and how to characterize it um back to that conversation around like it is the earnest if a if a salesperson can earnestly say and mean it that i'm here to help you solve your problem if we can solve it great but if we can't i'm going to help you anyway and i'm going to find something that does like that that when it is authentic it means so much um yeah. and that's how i've always sold because i'm a consultant first and foremost and but it is, I will say, people, again, our, our sleaze detectors are up now after decades of doing yeah, this. Yeah. So if you're not genuine about that, don't even try because you'll, you'll get, you'll get uh, called out like that. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. And I suppose from your point of view, because I've, I've, I've worked with people, I've worked with teams where the sales team would promise one thing and then the tech guys would be like, and how am I supposed to deliver that? You know, like this person has wanted, you know, a round peg to fit in a square hole. And, and the sales <laughs> that guy- never like, happens. I get the sales, <laughs> yeah, no. Um, and that person, let's talk hypothetically. Um, and th you know, that salesperson then is like, I've got the sale, like it's not my problem. I've kind of passed it on. Whereas I guess you're there in the conversation being like, hey, you know, myself or my, you know, the wider team are gonna have to, to actually right. <laughs> implement this, we're gonna have to provide this solution. Um, so I guess from your point of view that there is much more emphasis on the deliverable and how realistic that deliverable is. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's a, it's a great question because I have sat on both sides of that conundrum yeah. and, uh, two things. One is that I do think that sales organizations have to set up the incentives such that the mm -hmm. success of an implementation carries as much weight yeah. and, and incentive and income as the sale. Yeah. Because that, Yes. And, and it, it rarely is. And it leads to that kind of, uh, dichotomy. Mm -hmm. So, um, but 
I know like IT in particular engineers, like we want to say no to everything. <laughs> like if, if the product doesn't do exactly, like if we don't sell exactly what it says, then no, 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 we can't do it. I, no, I mean, we have to be realistic. Like we have to, we're yeah. a business. And I always tell my teams, we have, we're a business. We have to generate revenue and we have to generate profits. Yeah. We don't want to do something stupid. So it's sort of like, is it, is it within our core? Great. That's my easy. Snoring really oh, that's loud. awesome. <laughs> I can't hear it. Wake up. He's, oh. like, he's like doing like a snore growl. Like, this is, is a really awesome. good bit. Don't does he do the does he do the uh like the dog dreaming where like his paws move like yeah, he's yeah. chasing a squirrel? Yeah. I love that. We have two dogs. I come from a oh I heard that one, yeah. We come from a family of veterinarians, so we love we love animals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh Oh, yeah, I, I wanted to hear that. Ah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm very, and then a vet that I really respected was like, if you're that clever, then um, then do something else <laughs> <laughs> because you'll make more money. And I was like, ah. Yeah. And then actually, I realised actually how customer orientated it was, and actually those customers aren't going through a great time because the animal just comes to you when it's yeah. when it's ill. Um, oh, and but... so I was like, you know what, I can do without that. Every yeah, day it is tough. My my dad was a veterinarian for 35 years until he retired. And like the relationships that he built with his clients, like he, we would always travel as kids and um, we would be like in Florida at Disney World and he would see a client. Oh, Dr. Cooney, you know, we were like, how is this possible? So yeah, very, very much a people business, despite it being an animal business. <laughs> yeah, but it's very, it's very people, isn't it? And then yeah. it's quite high stakes. It's quite emotional. And it I was is. like, you end up almost being more of a counselor than. Oh, than, absolutely. Uh, than, so yes, yeah, my brother, so. my sister, and my nephew are all either veterinarians. My yeah. nephew's in veterinary school right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then there's me. <laughs> I went to. I was. I was ready to go to vet school, and a week away from vet school, I dropped out to go work at a start a software startup because I was like, you know, I think that's the path I want to go. Yeah, yeah. I do oh, not regret it. I would. I make a better. That takes courage. IT. That takes real courage to. Because they must or, have been like, what on earth? Or stupidity. I know. <laughs> <laughs> One or the other. <laughs> You're gonna do what? <laughs> I remember yeah. my parents when I first got my my corporate job. So I finished uni, and they were they were really pleased. I went to university, but you know we had a family business, and so it was. Well, so I was going to take over the family business. Surely, uh, I went yes. to uni, and they were really pleased. They wanted me to go to uni, but I think mm -hmm. the expectation was then you'd come home, then take over the family back. business, mm -hmm. and um, and then I was like, I've got this corporate job, and they were like, oh. And they, you could tell their faces, they were really happy, but they were really happy I was happy. <laughs> they were like, yes. well, if yes. that's what you want. Yes. So, um, so, yeah, it was Well, when I, when I called my parents to tell them that, they were like, well, no, duh. <laughs> like, you love that stuff. Go do that. Yes, it was, it was not really a surprise to them. I thought it was oh, a big, that's yeah. Nice. All right. Well, we can. Yeah. So, like, so. Thank God you woke up in time. That's what they were thinking. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because vet school is not inexpensive. That would have been a, a very expensive mistake to have come out of. Um, yeah. 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 But uh, yeah. So, no. No. You're good. You're good. I, I love. I, I could go on tangents all day. Um, yeah. So on the on the other piece around, um, uh, you know, with with what has worked um darn it I'm, I'm losing my train of thought <laughs> so it was managing so it was managing the kind of sales scenario with yeah. and, and the promise along with oh the, thank you yes yes thing, but how first and foremost we're a business right. and we need to make that tech yes work i think yes. that's the thing isn't it is you can create a widget but if nobody wants the widget that's right you're going to have to make alterations to it because yes. it's not going to fit everybody 
Yeah. And, and so I always said, you know, if it's, if it's within our core business, that's an easy sell and you don't even need like us involved. But then if it becomes, it's a little bit around the edges, then have the conversation because those are, I mean, those are the opportunities that lead mm -hmm. to, to product enhancements or new products. Like why would you turn those down? So that's, that's my advising to IT teams or really any product team to say, don't, you know, don't disparage those. Now, if it's, you're selling software and then someone wants you to come over and sell, I don't know, veterinary care. <laughs> you're like, okay, that's a little far afield. Um, but if it's close enough, if you can draw the line, then, yeah. then do so. It's kind, of, it's kind of pushing your boundaries, isn't it? And maybe yeah. that's an indication of actually where your customers' needs are now or where they're going. Yes. Um, and that could lead you to being, you know, a trailblazer in that new tech, in that new approach, in that new product offering. Yes, yes. And there is, if, if uh, having, you know, run a P&L before, the challenge with a lot of those conversations is it's an upfront investment and you're not necessarily going to get the client to pay more for you to go to develop that. So if you're looking at it just on the surface of a PL, you're like, ooh, no, okay, that, that deal doesn't make sense. But if you treat it as an, an as an R and D, as an investment, then sure. Like that that could make sense yeah. then. So yeah, yeah, that, that's what I've seen to be effective for what it's nice. worth. That, I like it. I like that. Yeah, I like that approach. It's a, that that fits for me. <laughs> so as far as finding out more about Matt, how can they get more of Matt? How can they get more of that book that I can? You're kind of you're, yeah. you're almost blocking it now. Actually, you need to shuffle. There you there go. go. <laughs> yeah. So it's uh, uh, so LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn. Very active. Um, mm -hmm. Apologies to those that get tired of hearing of me, but uh, yeah. So it's just LinkedIn, Matt Cotney. Uh, and then the book. So the book is called The Human Cloud. It's all about future of work, freelancing, and AI, sort of all mashed together. Mm -hmm. um, it is available as an English uh, book at you know Amazon, wherever you get your, your books. Uh, it just came out in Korean like this week. So that's pretty awesome. In a foreign language, I can't in imagine. foreign language. And Russian's coming next, I understand. So that'll be around the corner. Yeah. And then, uh, and then the podcast. So we have a podcast called The Human Cloud um, because mm -hmm. we are not creative in our naming at all. So, hey, that hey, you can say that about me, whereas I just go with I'm consistent. Consistent I like to brand, I like to consistency. I, and I will say, and this is why I'm not in marketing. We had, um, uh, so HarperCollins published our book and, and we had a terrible name. I don't even remember what it was, but when, right as we were finishing the draft and giving it to them, they're like, so we need to talk about the name. It's like, okay. And they're like, we don't like yours. So they, we were dubious. They were like, we're going to put it out to market. We're going to do some tests and see what sticks. And that's what they, and they came back with the human cloud. And we were at first like, eh, eh, okay, maybe that'll work. And they talked to us and it, we're so glad it went with that because it's easy to remember and it's, it fits the whole future of work thing and it's human centric. So it's not just so about what AI. Was it going to what was it going to oh, be? Oh, it was something terrible, like our, our next big leap forward or something like that, which was just <laughs> a mouthful and not really helpful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, so I quite like that thing. Yeah. Yeah. But that's nice, though. It's nice to have adopted it, because I think sometimes when you... It's a bit of a brain baby book, isn't it? And so for someone to then go, actually, I want to rename that baby. I'm like, are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Whereas but I, they I know what they're doing. <laughs> they, well, they do, don't they? Well, I had a conundrum with mine because somebody in marketing had written a book called Selling Without Sleeves and then talked around like how to be ethical in marketing or something. Okay. And so I was like, why did you say that? This is marketing. Why did you use a sales thing for marketing space? Yeah. I was like, what? Uh, but I kind of, I went over and over and I was like, because 
throughout the whole process it had been it's standing with the business is called standing without sleeves the yeah. book's going to be called that and when i kind of looked around it a bit more and they were like it's not ideal because i was like well there is a name there is a book already with it but it's you know it's not ideal but and they were like oh we really should look at a different name and i was like i just can't do it i was like look i'm the only sarah jolly jarvis on the planet they can just go off that if they have to <laughs> easy to find easy to find <laughs> Don't well and yours is going to take off so much more than that other book so it won't be a problem. Well, that'll be well, a well, it, well, it, you know, it's, it's done nice. well. It's got yeah. international bestseller categories and everything else. So, you know, it has awesome. done well, but it was, it's, yeah, it's a funny one when you, when you kind of, well, I can't possibly change its name. What on earth? <laughs> It'd be easy to have renamed one of my kids. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it is. Um, I mean, it, it was a, it's a labor of love to, to create a book, but I, I think I would do it again. Definitely. Yeah. Would you? I think so. I'm I'm sort of weird that way. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wanted to be uh, my my dream as a kid, which is a weird dream. This says a lot about me now that I think about it. My dream as a kid was to become an English professor. Um, Don't know where that That came from. But I was, yeah, yeah. I always wanted to write a book. Well, now I've written a book. It's totally different than the book I would have imagined, but it's still a book. I did. I did think about writing and learning to write, and I thought I, I know people who do short stories. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, that would be quite interesting. But yeah, I never expected to do one on like business and knowledge, and do <laughs> yes. you know what I mean? I always, I always thought it'd be some sort of fiction. Which, to be fair, I'm not that creative when it comes to storytelling, <laughs> so that would be terrible. Um, but um, but yeah, I don't know. Whenever you think book, you just think creative, don't you? Yeah. 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 Well, there's, a, I will say, and that's my, my, I think in every profession, like create, people think oh, I'm not creative, right? I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a creative type because they're not doing something that's like pop culture creative, but I've seen so much creativity and sort of artisanry in everything from sales to software development, to product management. Like I, I think we sell ourselves short sometimes when we talk about creativity because again, it's yeah. like back to solving it. You're solving a problem in a new and novel way. That's that's creative. that's creative. Come on, own it. That is yeah. Creative, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a bit like sales. You see, it's hidden everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been really nice to chat to you, Matt. Um, we'll put the information on your podcast and where to find you on LinkedIn in the in the podcast notes. Um, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon. Yes, very very soon. It was great to great to connect. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you are listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.